Yeah, 
And this has been passed on to us through others faithfully um, recording, repeating, and eventually publishing this in a language that we can hear and understand. So what I'm going to do is pass this to the end of uh, the row that you're in, and I'll let you know what I want you to do with this when I get back here. Now, I would like you, it's a fairly simple exercise, to pass the scriptures to one another. But some of you, I want you to play act, to feel reluctant, to maybe be hesitant. And we'll see what happens. I I haven't prepared this, so... I'll leave you to uh, be free to do as you wish. I'm sorry I haven't got uh, Bibles for you up there in the balcony to to do the same, but hopefully you'll see what happens. Um, So if you'd like to begin passing the scriptures to one another, and we'll see what happens. As we can see, some are taking longer than others. Some may be confused. Has it, has it reached the middle yet? For some, some, has it reached this end yet? No. You're, I'm sorry to say you're still waiting for it to be passed to you. Hopefully it will. You know, time is short here. We don't have all day. And I'd like us to count backwards from ten. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, stop where you are. I see some people very reluctant to accept... Uh, the Bible as it's been passed on. Did anyone not receive it? If you didn't receive the, the Bible, hands up, put your hands up. If you didn't receive the Bible as it was passed on, you didn't overhear. You were completely overlooked, I reckon. Oh, you did? Oh, you went and got it. You actually took the initiative. Of course, up, upstairs, none of you got it. I'm sorry about that. Maybe, maybe again, you were... Uh, forgotten about, or or no one took the effort to just go up the stairs. I didn't say they couldn't, did I? And somewhere along here, some places it got lost, it got stuck. Some people were not willing to receive it or to pass it on. Perhaps a picture of what is happening and what has happened over the years 
when it comes to passing on that good news of Jesus. Sometimes we're not sure how to pass it on to the person next to us or the people around us in a way that makes its way to them, in a way that they would accept it. They're not willing to receive it for themselves. They regard it with suspicion or regard you with suspicion. Sometimes we get confused. Sometimes we, we hold it for ourselves and we're enjoying it very much, thank you. And we, f- we forget that this is good news, not just for us, but for others. I would encourage us to, uh, when it comes to living our lives, carry that word of God, that good news to others in whatever way the Lord enables you to do so. Sometimes we have to take the initiative. Do you know there are people who desperately want to hear good news? There are people in our world around us who want to know how to be with God forever. How will they know without someone telling them? Some people take the initiative and come to the Christian and say, why are you the way you are? You're, you're full of joy. You, you have peace. You seem to have purpose in your life. Tell me why that is. Be prepared to give a reason for the faith that you have. Practice in the mirror. Practice with your loved ones and say, this is what I would say. This is how... I would communicate my love for Jesus, that I once was this way, and now I am this way. This is good news. Good news for us, good news for all. We're going to sing the next of our songs. During this song, uh, the... Children uh, are going to go from us, the children, young people, into creche and into BRBK. I understand we've got the microphone working, is that correct? Okay, but I don't think this is on. No, but that one is. It's... Thank you, Jeff. So at the moment, live stream can hear us, so the people not in this building can hear us, but the people in this building can't. But bless you, bless you. Let's, before we sing our next song, let's pray uh, for our children and young people as they meet in in their groups uh, today, but also as they meet, uh, some of them meet around uh, in the youth group in the afternoon around Marion's house. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for the children and young people in our midst and we pray for your blessing upon them, upon their families, as good news is shared with them. We ask that they may be able to hear, understand and receive this good news for themselves and grow in that love for you, Lord Jesus. Uh, And we ask, Lord, for your blessing upon those who lead, those who teach, those who share and ask that you would enable them to be and to tell that good news. In Jesus' name, amen.
So let's sing together how deep the Father's love for us, so vast beyond all measure. Take your seats. I've asked if uh, Raj can share with us something of his uh, testimony. So he's going to share. Thank you. Can you hear me? Some, yeah, good. Do my best. Thanks, Michael. Um, so, 
as you know, sort of I was given an award recently, which was very kind, but um, I thought, listening yes, last week to what Julie was saying about Paul, can you can't hear? Try my best. That, that isn't working. No, I know. I, yeah. So it was trying to, listening last week to Julie talking about Paul's journey, some of the difficulties he was having and following on through that journey. You have to wave at me if you can't hear. Um, and how if we walk in a journey with God, that people, he will use us to do his work and how that we will, uh, that those who, who honour God are honoured. And that's the, the verse that kept coming into my head. And it's, I looked it up, it's from 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. Um, now, my journey here leading to this award, I believe, is God's work for me. So it started 23 years ago for me where I was thinking about what specialty in medicine to choose. And at that point in time, we'd just joined um, our church in London, right, um, Bedford Hill uh, Baptist Church, where we, were, we had started going. Cheryl and I had recently been married, um, so we didn't have the kids at that point. And I was thinking, following my basic training in medicine and sort of in psychiatry, what am I going to do? Um, we prayed about it, and for the only time in my career, there was a letter dropped on my uh, inbox, said, choose this. You know, okay, fair enough. I'd been thinking about it, but you start on a journey. Um, I then started as a lecturer at St. George's, uh, where the first thing that one of my boss, now Baroness Hollins, Professor Hollins at the time, gave to me a packet of information on this thing called fetal alcohol syndrome. And I didn't know very much about it. As I guess most people didn't because there was nobody in the UK really doing anything at the time. So, for me, that started a journey that 23 years later ended up here. Now, the thing I wanted to share and why all the stuff that we've been listening to has been interesting and also reflective is, you know, throughout that journey, there have been challenges. Throughout that journey, there's been times where I've wondered, could I have done something a bit easier than this? Um, because when you're on your own, when you're the first person to do something, it's really challenging to know what to do is this the right thing but every time I prayed about it God has sent somebody or something along to help so whether that be people often it was people to kind of come along and say no carry on or there's a word or something that somebody said in a sermon at church where you've been praying about it and it answers the question that you had and the journey that you go along especially when you're in the middle of it really doesn't feel sometimes the easiest. But the key is carrying on and persevering. Um, God is on the journey with you. And God was on the journey with me. And I believe that this award is as much for him, as much for that, for the journey, as much as anything else. And it's really important that when you're on that path that you carry on with these kind of things. And so I just wanted to, sh I felt compelled to share that because I don't, some of you will have heard me speak about this before, that this, I feel, is God's work for me in my life. And it's important that it doesn't stop now, because clearly this is not the end. But God has a plan for each and every one of us here. It may be big, it may be small, but he will reward us in the way that he feels is appropriate. But the key issue is going on the journey with him. Um, and that's what I just wanted to share um, with that. Thank you, Raj.
And it's good to be reminded of that, that each one of us has things that God has, as it were, put in our in-tray, in our email inbox, in our, in our lives. Situations, people that God is calling us to work with, to walk with through life. Though it may not be easy, but to trust Him on that journey. We're going to sing our next song, a hymn, Go Forth and Tell, remembering that great commission to send that good news and to be that good news in the world around us. Please take your seats and we're going to have a couple of readings from the Word of God. So thank you, Mary and Michael. This reading comes from 2 Corinthians 10, verses 13 to 16. We will not boast beyond proper limits but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us, a a sphere that also includes you. We are not going too far in our boasting, 
as would be the case if we had not come to you. For we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory. The reading of the word of God taken from the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 8 to 18. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning the faith that we proclaimed. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believed and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the scriptures say, Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can you call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard. How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voices, uh, their voice has gone out into the earth, and their words into the ends of the world. Praise be to God for his holy word. Amen. Thank you, Mary and Michael. I want to focus upon words of hope found particularly in verses 15 and 16 in the 2 Corinthians chapter 10 passage. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. This is Paul and his companions' stated hope. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. So here we have a continually growing faith, 
a greatly expanding sphere of activity and a preaching of the gospel beyond. Now this morning, I want to focus primarily upon the first part of this, upon our faith, this growing faith that Paul himself prioritises. You see, we are to be a people who not only have faith, but have faith that grows, that continues to grow, and as it grows, enables us to go. Let not one of us be content with where our faith is at, but may we see it grow. The Greek word that Paul uses here means to make to grow or to grow, to cause to increase, become greater in some way, in size, in maturity, in influence. Growth is the key to authentic discipleship. Disciples grow. The Lord Jesus wants growth in his disciples. Disciples that grow and go. May there be an ongoing process, development, increase in our faith. Now, you will have heard one of Jesus' parables about faith, the parable of the mustard seed, where we are encouraged to have mustard seed faith. And I want to labour this point a little. You may have heard it said that we are to have faith as small as a mustard seed. That's how the New International Version Bible phrases it. However, this is not how the Greek reads. Rather, Jesus speaks about faith as a mustard seed, or faith like a mustard seed, not, as the NIV translation has it, as small as a mustard seed. If we have a closer look, for example, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, we hear Jesus uh, speaking about his disciples not being able to drive out a demon, even though they've been given authority to do so. And he says this, the reason why is because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Note that the Greek is very clear. There is no word for small in this uh, teaching of Jesus. It's simply the Greek word pos, which means as or like, not as small as. You see, the interpreters of the NIV and other versions of the Bible have put their own spin on this saying of Jesus to say that he must have been likening the smallness of the mustard seed to the need for a smallness of faith. No, this makes no sense. 
Jesus has just told them the reason that they could not drive out a demon was because of the smallness of their faith. They needed faith like a mustard seed in that, although it begins small, very small, the smallest of seeds, it grows to be the biggest of plants. It is about the growing ability of the small seed that Jesus has in mind, not the staying small of the seed. Faith is meant to grow. Though it may start small, start small, yes, start wherever you are today. Start small, but don't stay small. Grow bigger faith. Jesus says the same teaching, the same parable as recorded by Luke, but in a different context. That of the need to keep on forgiving those who sin against us. How many times repentance is present. And the apostles realize this is something very difficult. So they respond to Jesus by saying to him, Increase our faith. And he replies, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Again, no Greek word for small here. It's all about faith likened to the mustard seed, which though it starts small, increases. Without such faith, forgiveness is a struggle. But with such growing faith, forgiveness, even such forgiveness, is possible. So Jesus is responding to the apostles' request for an increase in faith, not by saying, no, keep your faith really small, as small and as tiny as a mustard seed, but by saying, yes. Increasing faith is what I want you to want. You can have such much faith that increases as you grow it, as you exercise it, as you employ it, as you use it, it will grow. Faith has this potential for growth. In the same way that the seed has potential for growth inherently within it. When you plant it, plant it when you water it, when you give it the right conditions, the right amount of space, it grows. Your faith can and should grow. That is what it is designed to do. That is what it is given to you to do. Not stay small, but grow. Grow your faith. Increase your faith. It's a bit like a muscle. Faith is to be used, exercised, otherwise it shrivels. You see, if I use my body in strenuous activity, it grows stronger, more able, more practiced, more effective. If I use it, I won't lose it. Practice makes perfect, as you can see from my body. 
James, of course, writes much about faith. In chapter 2, he writes, What good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? He says, Faith, in, uh, faith by itself, it is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Someone will say, well, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Faith without deeds is useless, James writes. He goes on to say, Abraham's faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So faith is evidence. It is exampled. It lives and grows and finds its purpose and fulfillment through action, through our acting upon it. Faith without the necessary action, that the action that fleshes out faith is withered faith. Useless faith, dead faith. Jesus and the Apostle Paul refer to the desire for and the need for growing faith. And throughout the Gospels we see faith paired with various adjectives to describe the type of faith that is being exerted or exampled. We're going to look at some. There is seen faith, faith that is seen. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, we read how some men brought to Jesus a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. And the man was healed. Jesus saw their faith. How? Did Jesus see their faith? What did he see? He saw their faith by what they did. He saw their faith in action, in physically carrying their friend to Jesus. They didn't sit at home hoping. Their faith fetched their friend to Jesus. They collectively, together, went to their friend and brought their friend to Jesus. Their faith overcame the challenges. Their faith dug through the roof. Their faith lowered the friend before Jesus. Faith is not a feeling. It is an action. It can be seen. Faith isn't felt. Faith is done. And the gospel accounts, Jesus points out faith that has its effect. We've seen, seen faith, now effective faith. Again, in Matthew chapter 9, a few verses later, in verse 22, we read how a woman reached out to Jesus for healing. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. It was her faith that healed her. 
And what did her faith look like? Her faith was enacted by her reaching out to touch the hem, the the tassels hanging off of Jesus' garment. In fact, we hear her faith in action being expressed in words or thoughts to herself. We read, she said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. And she did it. She reached out in faith. Luke, in his Gospel, records Jesus saying something similar to a different woman who anointed Jesus with perfume and tears, sorrowful over her sin. And he says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Her faith was enacted through perfume poured, tears shed, loose hair scandalously draped over Jesus' feet. Her faith pushed through all conventions, all objections. Her faith caused a stir that day. Such a faith heals. Such a faith saves. Such is an effective faith. Jesus also indicates that faith acts proportionately, a proportionate faith. We read of how two blind men cried out to Jesus and he touched their eyes again in Matthew chapter 9 and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Faith has different amounts, different sizes in different people, in different circumstances. For them, they would not be shut up. They shouted all the louder for Jesus to meet their need for sight. Notice, and you can read that passage again for yourself in Matthew chapter 9, how faith is often fought against by fear, mostly Fear of what others may think or others may do if we act by faith in a certain way. The Apostle Paul tells the Christians in Rome, Romans chapter 12, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And he goes on to say we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. But let not one of us be content with our current amount, our measure, size, proportion of faith, but ask for more and more, bigger and bigger faith that grows. Certainly, Jesus has a clear understanding of the measure of faith present in a person or a people. There are regrettably times when he points out a lack of faith or no faith present. I would say one of the saddest verses in the Bible is in Matthew chapter 13. And he, Jesus, did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Wow. 
this is Jesus. Why not? What does that lack of faith look like? See, Jesus is in town, there. The word is out. The healer, the miracle worker is here. We don't know. Is it? Because people simply did not come to bring their sick to Jesus to be healed. Is it because people were discouraged from coming or distracted by more important things? Perhaps they had their doctors and this was where they placed their trust fully. Or their money. Or perhaps other channels of healing. Let's look at the context briefly. Matthew chapter 13. Coming to his hometown, Jesus began teaching the people in their synagogue and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. They were so familiar with this Jesus that they thought they knew. They were too familiar with this picture of Jesus that they failed to see him as he truly was. They were familiar, but they lacked in faith. They had the blinkered view of him, so they did not honor him. They even took offense at this Jesus. As church... Here in this place, in this town, in this land, are we happy with the measure of miracles in our midst? What is the present measure of miracles indicative of? Are we too familiar with the Jesus we think we know? that we fail to hear and obey him by faith. The Apostle Paul writes, faith comes from hearing, hearing through the, the word, the spoken word of Christ. Let us not only be hearers of the word, but also doers. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you're trying to please God, apart from faith, it's impossible. How earnest is our seeking of Jesus? You see, when Jesus calmed the storm, he had some very firm words for his disciples about their absent faith. Mark records Jesus as saying, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Luke records Jesus asking, Where is your faith? The disciples, you see, asked one another, who is this about Jesus? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. 
they have no full understanding of who this Jesus is, who they've got in their boat with them and what he is capable of. They are trying to bail themselves out of trouble when they should have been placing themselves and their faith in their friends. And it, I'm afraid it doesn't get much better for the disciples in the, in the story. Even the other side of the resurrection, in Mark chapter 16, we read, Jesus appeared to the eleven. Judas has taken his own life as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Their lack of faith, their stubborn refusal to believe those initial eyewitnesses of the resurrection, their spoken testimony about Christ, his resurrection, relaying his very words to the rest of them that he wanted them to hear, they dismissed. Lord, have mercy on us also. May we not be found without faith. May we not, may we hear. May we obey. You see, Jesus warns us. In Luke chapter 18, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And Jesus speaks about not only lack of faith, but little faith. Perhaps you have little faith. Matthew seems kinder in his relating of the calming of the storm. He is Jesus replying, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and it was completely calm. Interestingly, before he calms the storm, Jesus speaks of little faith. After the calming of the storm, he speaks of lack of faith. Was he trying to encourage the disciples, even at this last moment, to place what little faith they had in him, that it might grow? But to no avail. Even their little faith became lack of faith. And when Peter walks on water and begins to sink, when he takes his eyes off of Jesus and places them on the waves, we read how immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Jesus is perfectly capable. You of little faith. To Peter, why did you doubt? Lack of faith in the face of fear. Little faith in the presence of doubt. Faith flees when our eyes and our ears are on the storm or on the waves or on ourselves rather than on Jesus. Even more startling is the opposite. Is Jesus pointing out great faith in two surprising individuals that are held up as examples to them. One, a Roman Gentile occupier centurion, and the other, a Canaanite woman with a demon-afflicted daughter, the woman who Jesus even called or refers to as a dog. Such two people, 
are raised up as examples of great faith. Regarding the centurion, we read, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. In other words, copy him. Do what he does. Jesus still looks for those who will demonstrate great faith to the persistent Canaanite woman who would not give up asking Jesus. Jesus says to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter is healed in that moment. Oh, that I had time to draw much from these two examples, but let it suffice to say that look to those, be those who have great faith. Grow your faith, whether it's lack to little, but to great. Faith is seen in deeds, not the absence of deeds or action. It grows bit by bit. Faith grows and grows further and greater. Listen to the Spirit of God. Read and listen to the Word of God and persevere. May we have a growing, always growing faith. As we've heard from Raj, don't give up. Even in the face of obstacles, keep going. In fact, our faith, and your faith, and my faith is tested. It will come under strain, but keep on going. Keep on growing. James writes in chapter 1, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Also, remember the words Jesus spoke to Simon. Dear Simon, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. If you have turned away from the Lord, turn back to him today. Don't, don't delay any longer. Turn back to him and be strengthened and upheld and grow in your faith from this point onwards. Don't look back. Don't, don't hold back. But may we be like those first apostles as we've heard them cry out to the Lord, increase our faith. Make this a prayer of yours every day, throughout the day. Increase my faith. Grow it, Lord. Grow my faith today. Whatever situation I find myself in, whatever people I encounter, whatever difficulties, whatever challenges, grow me, God. Grow me where you've planted me. Water me. Give me the light I need. Give me the space I need to grow. Grow me, God. I don't want to stay small. I don't want to stay. I, I, want, I want to grow. I want to be strong for you. I want to have great faith, Lord. And may we not be like those Jewish leaders of Jesus' day who had that hidden away faith. Hidden because, again, fear. John writes in chapter 12, at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith 
for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. So, Paul and his companions hope is that arising out of our growing faith comes a growing and expanding sphere of ministry and mission so that more and more may encounter and respond to the gospel of Christ. Just as we do not want to settle for a lack of faith or a little faith, may we not settle as church for any ineffective, restricted ministry in our midst. May we not settle for failing to grow mission beyond where we presently are. May we grow, may ministry grow, may mission grow, may the gospel go through us. So as church, as we face a task unfinished, do not be content with where your faith is at. But don't lament. Don't shrink back. Press forward. Keep going. Keep growing. I urge you, do what it takes to grow in your faith. You could say, When the Lord puts something before you, you say, here, my Lord, send me. Yes, Lord, I'll do that in your strength. I'm I'm scared witless. But I'll do it, Lord. I'll forgive that person, Lord. I'll show kindness to that person, Lord, that has been awful to me. I'll speak to my neighbour, Lord, where I haven't spoken to them for the past five years because they're fruit fell on my garden. We can find all kinds of excuses not to do what God is asking us to do, commanding us to do sometimes. By faith, step by step, grow in faith and go in faith. And the Lord be with us. Amen. For those of you who are paying attention, you may have already guessed our final hymn. Facing a task unfinished. Note that drives us to our knees. May we be those who go forwards on our knees. You can get further on your knees. We can get further on our knees as church than in any other way. So facing a task unfinished, let's sing together.
Now some words from Romans chapter 16. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel, to our gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. And I want to finish with these words from Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we pray that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honoured, just as it was with us. And we pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith, But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen us and protect us from the evil one. We thank you, Lord. Amen.